G'day everyone and welcome to the Fox Sports Splash podcast. It is Tuesday the 20th of February and today we are going to be talking everything AFL. The season is yet to start but there's been a fair bit going on. Uh, In particular AFLX has just come to an end to I think mixed reviews it's fair to say. A lot of fans not too sure what to make of the hybrid form of the game so we're going to be talking about that and Breaking news over the weekend as well, and a little bit today with a few developments regarding Collingwood's Jordan Dugowie, who has landed himself in hot water again. So we're going to be chatting with Ben Waterworth from Fox Footy about all those things. So let's get stuck in. It's time for your daily dose of sporting agenda. Your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash. G'day everyone, welcome to the Fox Splash podcast. It is Tuesday the 20th of February and we're talking AFL today. In particular, we're talking AFLX. That's all come um, to an end over the weekend. How did it go? Was it a success? It was certainly divisive amongst the AFL community and I'm joined by Fox Footy's Ben Waterworth. Ben, thank you very much for your time. How are you going? Fletcher, well mate, great to be on with you. Beautiful. As I said, we're going to be talking about AFLX and I think we'll just dive straight in. I'll give you a nice broad but perhaps tricky question to answer. I mean, first and foremost, how did you think it went, mate? A success, a failure? Yeah, it's interesting. Across the, the three days, I think I sort of came away feeling differently after all three tournaments. I think, you know, it was maybe curiosity after the Thursday night stuff at, uh, in Adelaide. I think we probably saw the best standard of, of games from a skills perspective on, on that Thursday night. Then on the Friday night, I think we probably saw the most competitive games with all six Victorian clubs there. 20,000 at Etihad Stadium, so it seems like probably the best atmosphere, and we might have seen maybe the hardest hits, maybe the more physical games. On Saturday night, though, I was left probably a, a little bit hollow, I have to say, not only because it was at Allianz Stadium and it was only uh, a quarter full, but it just felt like a lot of the clubs on Saturday night didn't take it seriously, like the Western Bulldogs only took 12 players up, and those 12 players all up had only played 56 career games between them. And Jack Redpath was captain after missing most of last year with an ACL injury. So it just felt a little hollow, I mm. think, on that Saturday. I came away with feeling very differently after all three rounds, a little bit sort of perplexed maybe about where it might head next. There's, like, there's, there's glimpses maybe of what they might be able to do with it, but overall, just from what you looked at it on, on uh, across the three days, some clubs took it a little more seriously than others, and you know a lot of them weren't on board. So I, I felt like... It, there's definitely a lot of work to do if the AFL wants to take this seriously and to make it into a bigger and better product. Do you think the AFL will persist with it? I think, you know, social media, obviously, you take what's said on there with a grain of salt, but from what I observed, there, there seemed to be a fair bit of um, disdain for the new format just from fans. Mm. Uh, I mean, do you think that was the general feeling of AFL fans? And if so, yeah. will the AFL persist with it? I, I think you're right. I think from the fans' perspective, I think they saw a lot of the stories a bit of a joke. Uh, but I think Gil's keen, Gil McLaughlin, AFL Chief Executive, is keen on pursuing it. He did say to Fox Footy, talking with Brad Johnson and Nick Rewald on Friday night, uh, that he uh, will have a thorough review of AFLX when he gets a chance. I'm sure he's a pretty busy guy at the moment in the middle of the AFLW season and, and JLT, uh, the pre-season competition, starting pretty soon. But once he gets an opportunity to sit down, he'll look at what works, but Gil was talking a lot about taking it forward, I think, and this is only sort of halfway through the through the first night as well, but he did sort of open up a little bit about a meeting that he did have back in the Adelaide uh, hotel lobby area 
after the first night of, of competition, uh, talking about maybe going into a BBL-style franchise tournament where someone like a Jerry Ryan, for instance, put in a crap load of money to, mm. to St Kilda over the, the past couple of years. He might buy a team or buy the St Kilda team, maybe, and then he, he picks players uh, whether that, for, for a team, whether that might be Rory Sloan going to St Kilda or Brad Johnson, a former uh, AFL player, playing on the same team as Rory Sloan. He was talking in, in that length, so right. uh, I, I think they'll have to. Well, they'll have a, a thorough review, I think, to see how it all went down. But my hunch is that Gillian McLaughlin is very keen to pursue this and see if he can get bigger and better. Interesting. Well, the AFL has you know made no secret of their intentions to try and make AFL somewhat marketable to a foreign you know yeah. playing in China and things like that. And I think this, obviously, because of the square field. Um, you know that can be played overseas. I mean, do you think that yep. is? Do you think you could you see any foreign countries taking up any kind of interest in this, or maybe in the future them trying to play some of these AFLX games overseas? Yeah, I think it's. I think they're onto something in terms of uh, an overseas push, and it feels a bit like the AFL's push into Hong Kong almost because Gil specifically did mention Hong Kong in recent interviews, particularly at the launch of, uh, of AFLX a couple of weeks ago. It feels like it's sort of the AFL's answer to Rugby 7s or uh, the Hong Kong 6s, uh, which is cricket's uh, push into, into the Asian market as well. Uh, the AFL has obviously already pushed into the Chinese market by the Port Adelaide relationship and uh, and Gold Coast uh, as well, and those two and that team will probably change in, in the coming years. Uh, but it, it does feel like it might be a good opportunity to push into that overseas market, and maybe it might be purely uh, a game that, that is basically pushing the overseas market and isn't pushed too much here in Australia because I think it is an Australian game, it is the Indigenous game and that's what the AFL community has, has come to, to know and love. So maybe it is something, uh, particularly because it's an open field, it's, it's, it's more uncontested so there's not as many rules like holding the ball, there's barely any stoppages throughout AFLX mm. so that game might be a little bit more easier to explain to, to overseas uh, potential fans that might be doing it for the first time. Interesting. Yeah, well, it'd be fascinating to see how that pans out in the future. Well, let, let's talk about the results, I guess. I mean, I think this time of year, AFL fans are so starved of footy, they're, they're kind of so keen to, to cling to some kind of form or some tangible yeah. um, display of what their team's going to be like. Do you think AFLX being so far removed from AFL itself in terms of the way that it's played, do you think that fans can take anything out of the way they, te- you know, could, can Melbourne get excited about their season because they won on Friday night, or is is, is it too far of a stretch? Do you think? First silverware since nineteen sixty four, Fletcher. It was a magnificent day for Melbourne fans. No, I think in all seriousness, the one thing that I think uh, fans from all clubs, because all eighteen clubs participated, can take away from AFLX is some of the form I think of their younger players or recruits. So, for instance, if you're a Port Adelaide fan, I think you would have been really pleased with what you saw out of South Watts. I think he moved really well, and I think the game style actually suited Watts pretty well. But also someone like a Riley Bonner, who was a, who was a high draft pick a couple of years ago and showed some really good promise out of the half-back line. I think almost every club, probably barring, has to be said, the Western Bulldogs, who had, you know, clearly didn't put a lot of time, effort and resources into AFLX. I reckon, besides them, the other 17 clubs all had some, some bright sparks and some shining, shining lights that they might be able to... Uh, but fans might be able to cling uh, their hope onto out of AFLX. For instance, at Carlton, I think Paddy Dow, mm. the number three draft pick last year, their number one uh, pick in the draft in 2017, was a clear standout. Some of his performances in that first game 
uh, of the AFLX tournament. Just some of his touch, I think, was was really promising. I know Blues fans were, were certainly salivating about the prospects of of him. The Hawthorne fans, someone like a um, like a James Warple, and for Adelaide fans, you know, did someone see someone like a Curly Hampton? I think performed quite well. Was was quite promising. So just I think. But you can't take anything out of the team results. You know, I don't think the teams will be taking that yeah. too seriously. But you know, little recruits and young players, I think, uh, would certainly have pleased a lot of fans. Yeah, I'm a I'm a mad Adelaide fan myself, Ben. So this was this was redemption for from the the grand final <laughs> loss last year. That that, that X shaped trophy will fill the hole so in my heart. What did you take out of it, Fletcher? You know, seeing, you know, I, you know, I thought Curly Hampton stood out to, to Adelaide fans, but you know, I, I think you know, if there any players that maybe stood out for you? Yeah, I think, like you said, I think to take anything out of team, the team results is probably wishful thinking. But um, yeah, I think to see Curtly Hampton back, um, Cam Ellis Yeoman from yeah. Adelaide as well, who you know is he's he's been out with injury for quite a while, and he's got the um, potential to be a, I think a, a really good midfielder if he can find a spot in that Crows lineup. I think Jake Kelly at the Crows. I don't want to be too Crows. Um, uh, two crows uh, centred, but then again, you know Daniel Rich. I think at Brisbane, uh, uh, he yeah. looked really impressive. Looked a bit fitter. Yeah. I think Brisbane fans have been waiting for him to become more consistent with his performance, and maybe you know maybe he's on the way there. Shane Savage as well, I thought looked okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah and I, I was going to ask you about Paddy Dow because I think um, Carlton fans have reason to be excited with him. He looked oh. he looked ready made. You know, a real classy kind of mover. Did you did you think that as well? He could have been, uh, Riley Beveridge and myself follow the, the draft quite closely throughout the year. Mm. We were following Paddy's progress right throughout 2017. And he easily could have been the number one draft pick last year. I, I think Cameron Rayner, though, was the right fit for Brisbane. And I reckon Carlton are absolutely loving the fact that Paddy slipped to number three because he easily could have been pick number one, no doubt about that. But you're right, he's, uh, it feels like he's actually bigger than what he was in November. He's actually put on maybe quite a bit of muscle, I think. So AFLX is a very uncontested game, a hard-running game, and you saw, you know, mentioned someone like Cam Ellis Yolman just then, like he's coming off an ACL injury. Mm. See, that, that that's hard work for a guy coming off an ACL injury to play AFLX because you're running up and back constantly. It's like basketball going from offense to defense straight yep. away. But once Carlton fans see Paddy Dow actually playing in a proper 20-minute uh, time on four-quarter game and where there's a lot more stoppages and contested ball to run, He's going to be a beast for Carlton in there, and him alongside Patrick Cripps is a very tantalising prospect, I think, for Blues fans. So certainly watch out for Paddy Dow. Well, they've got so many high draft picks, Carlton. Surely they just mm. keep adding them. Eventually they'll get there. Well, we'll leave AFLX behind us um, in the time being. It'll be interesting, like I said, to see how that progresses in the future. But before we um, end today's podcast, just obviously the breaking news over the weekend and, and today in many ways, Jordan DeGoy from Collingwood, Yep. In a bit of hot water again, really. Can you fill us in, Ben, with what's going in on there? Yeah, it's only 12 months ago that we were talking about the same player in a similar kind of way, unfortunately, or a similar type of tone, I suppose, after uh, he lied to the club about how he broke his hand in, in a pub fight, which was uh, eventually broken by, by Fox Sports. And then it was uh, came out in the weekend that Dugowie had, uh, had tested well, not tested, uh, was involved in a random breath test where he blew 0.095 uh, from a random breath test in, in Port Melbourne. Uh, this time, I think he learned his lesson from last time, not totally, obviously, but mm. he was uh, straight up with the club and informed them straight away. And the club, his management, uh, in particular the playing group, the leadership group and some club officials, were pretty quick to sort of get on the front foot 
in terms of uh, some punishments and suggestions uh, around that. So the goey uh, has essentially been indefinitely suspended by Collingwood, and so he's not available for AFL selection indefinitely. Now, whether that is four weeks from now, meaning he could be available for round one, or whether that's 12 weeks from now, which is uh, quite a, a lengthy ban, mm. remains to be seen. Collingwood were quite coy on that. Uh, he's also been fined $10,000 and will be giving another $10,000 to a charity of his choice. Some of the other punishments that sort of uh, came out that were a little bit more specific today, and Tommy Morris, our, our senior AFL reporter, was all over this for Fox, the Fox Sports website, was the goey is spending four weeks away from the club. So he's training with the VFL club, but he's also taking up some, full, uh, some employment at the same time away from Collingwood. So he's going to be working as a carpenter, and he has had some training as a carpenter. Uh, and he's also going to be working with the Salvation Army as part of uh, their Melbourne City night run on a Saturday night. So from about 7pm to the early hours of Sunday morning, he'll be going around with the, uh, with the Salvos van and uh, helping cater and feed uh, homeless people around uh, Melbourne CBD, which is a huge job and a huge commitment. So I know he's done that in the past, and that's a program that Collingwood have been working pretty closely with the Salvos on for quite some time. So that'll be part of uh, Dugowie's, I suppose, a return to work plan as such, uh, but uh, it's certainly something that he'll be regretting, I think, uh, for a while, Jordan. Hopefully he's, he's learnt his lesson. I think Collingwood has taken the approach that hopefully he, uh, that they'll work with him and that they will uh, return him to hopefully uh, an upstanding uh, citizen more than anything else rather than just an AFL player. So uh, it'll be fascinating to see how he comes back from that from an, uh, not only an off-field perspective, but particularly on the field, because that's where he'll make his real statement. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Collingwood must be pulling their hair out, I guess, as well, because he was a number five draft pick, I think. When he's yeah. up and running, he's a very good player, so if he can just get his act together. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, is he out of contract at the end of this year? Could, could these, yeah, could these yeah, kind of actions put you know put that at jeopardy for his time at Collingwood, do you think? Or? Yeah, p- potentially. I think Collingwood certainly rate him as an on-field player. He's a very high draft pick. He's threatened to break out, but he just hasn't had that breakout season. And he sort of wondered, you know, as a, as a 21-year-old, whether that might have been this season. But you wonder if this, if this, this indiscretion and how he reacts to it could go one of two ways. It might really delay his progress, and, uh, but it also might give him the kick up the bum that he needed to yeah. have that breakout season. Collingwood fans will certainly be hoping that the latter is the case. He's a hard-contested ball manager. He's got a lot of class. I think most importantly, he actually gets caught and kicks goals and hits the scoreboard as well. So he's a big year for, for Jordan now. Uh, and uh, whether, whether a break from the pies at the end of the season might be the best thing for him, maybe getting out of the, the Melbourne bubble and, and going to a, uh, to a Sydney or, or a, a Brisbane-based club might, might be the best thing for him. That, that's something that him and his manager have got to, got to work out over, over, the coming, over the coming months. But I, I think Jordan, at, at the moment, his focus will be trying to get his, uh, his situation right off the field and then consequently uh, making a statement on the field as well. Definitely. All right, well, I think we'll leave it there, Ben. A fair bit going on in the world of AFL, despite the season yet to start, but I think AFL fans are definitely ready for that season to kick off. It's been a long, it's been a long wait. But thanks again for your mm. time, Ben, um, from Fox Footy. Uh, and, yeah, we'll chat again soon. Good on you, Fletcher. Enjoy the day, mate. Thanks, mate. You too. All the best. Thanks for listening to the Splash Podcast, guys, on the 20th of February. A fair bit going on in the world of AFL. So if you want to learn a bit more about what me and Ben were just talking about or anything else that is breaking in the world of AFL or just sport in general, make sure you head to the Fox Sports website or our Facebook page.